I don't know who those people were. Yeah, who are those people that just, like, appeared in our podcasting room and started complaining about all the things that we normally complain about? They were imposter robins. Yeah, they were imposter robins. Pretender robins. Imposter robin and pretender robin? Yeah. Oh, goodness knows we don't need more characters. It's like reverse imagination station. Like, what is the AI doing in our podcasting yeah, booth? What it, when, the, when the AI comes out of the imagination station, whoa. Whoa. Well, audience, I feel like you've joined us already. So hello and welcome to podventuresandodyssey at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm Tatiana. And I'm Emily. Not Robin. Did you notice what I did? No. Then I won't address it. Every week we re-listen to an episode of Adventures in Odyssey and then sit down to recap and discuss. We're going in album order and uh, we're in album six and we are smack in the middle of a two-parter, Elijah, parts one and two, and today's episode is part two. I'm so excited to see how this ends. Yes, I know. Wouldn't we all be? The way that last time ended, we basically pick up like, right where we left off, Chris just lets us know, like, Jack is okay for now, and Robin is in a bunch of trouble. Should we give the audience, like, a little bit more context than that? I mean, Robin is about to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robin's about to die. I was gonna say, Jack and Robin snuck into the Imagination Station, despite um, there being a keep-off sign on it. The Imagination Station now has, like, two compartments. Oh, that kind of context. Yeah, that kind of context. Just just a little recap of part one. Uh, yeah, so they, they snuck in, Robin deliberately Jack trying to, you know, prevent her, but they are both trapped in this adventure now, and it's an adventure about the prophet Elijah. Robin ended up in the palace, and Jack ended up on the road somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jack has teamed up with Elijah, and Robin is um, being threatened by the evil queen Jezebel. And uh, Jezebel continues threatening Robin now as, you know, she's trying to get Robin to bow down to false idols and confess to being a spy. And, uh, Robin has done worse than that. She's confessed to being uh, a worshipper of that god of Israel, Yahweh. Can I just say, Chris's intro feels like it is greatly understating the danger <laughs> as she's like, Jack's in safe hands, but Robin, she's found herself in great trouble as she refuses to bow down to Jezebel's false gods. <laughs> Such Christian culture right there. It's so good. <laughs> Uh-oh, this kid's about to be forced to bow down to false gods. Oh, no. Oh, no, don't let that happen. Um, and, uh, yeah, Jezebel is uh, saying some pretty nasty stuff, such as, I have killed Yahweh worshippers like you before, and you will die. And bow down or give up your life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then she just screams for Obadiah. Instead of, you know, killing Robin right here and now, she's like, oh, Obadiah, come in here. Uh, bring this girl to the dungeon and we're gonna execute her first thing tomorrow. And he's like, she confessed to being a spy? Worse than a spy. She worships that god. Um, and, uh, so don't let her escape. Or it will be you who dies, Obadiah. Mm -hmm. mm. Very fearfully, yes, my queen. Yes, my queen. And leaves with Robin, and Robin gives a classic line. <laughs> I don't think I like her very much. Nice understatement. So uh, Obadiah has taken her along and uh, is not leading her back to the dungeon, and she's confused. But it's because Obadiah is a believer like Robin. Yeah. So there's a rescue happening. And he's very impressed with her, too. She's like, I've never seen anyone so young stand up to the queen like that. Mm -hmm. And so, come with me to the secret cave 
Uh, and here is a little scene where uh, Obadiah shows Robin where he has hidden all of these other, like, prophets and believers. And then he tells them all, everyone, this is Robin. She stood up to the queen. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's like, oh, 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 oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, pleased crowd noises. And he tells Robin to stay there, but she feels guilty because she overheard, of course. Mm-hmm. But you will die in my stead. And he's like, uh, one crisis at a time. <laughs> the queen is, like, leaving her palace right now, so it's like, you know, we, we have time. I'll figure this out. You know those royals. They're very fickle. They can forget about these kinds of things. Absolutely true. And Robin apologizes for being so much trouble. And uh, Obadiah passes her off to a guy, and the guy says she's safe with us. And Obadiah's like... She's safe with you, but are you safe with her? <laughs> the real question. We cut to the road, and Jack is carrying Elijah's stuff, because, of course, he's a manservant now. Right. So he's like, oh, man, this is, like, a lot of heavy stuff to carry. Benjamin starts complaining, too. He's like, what are you complaining about? I've been doing it alone for weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, Elijah is a little bit like, oh, I didn't know that uh, you were, you know, not happy with being my manservant. And Benjamin's like, no, 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 I am. Um... And then look who could it be upon the road ahead of them. It's Obadiah. Hey, the very man. And so, yeah, he, he comes up to Elijah and they, they chat. And Elijah is like, go back and tell your master that I am here. And Obadiah is like, do you wish me dead? Yeah. Oh, that's nice of you to say. Do you want me to die? Um, and uh, Elijah is like, uh, go on. And Obadiah is like, cuz, I'll tell the king that you're here. He's been looking for you absolutely everywhere. He's gonna come here to find you, and you're gonna be gone. You know? Just like all those other times. Just like all, yeah, the mysteriously referencing all the other times that that has happened. You know, who knows if, like, the Lord is gonna whisk you away again, and then I'll die. But Elijah promises, like, on the name of the Lord that he will be there. Yeah, I will present myself to Ahab today. And uh, Obadiah is like, well, all right then, in that case. And uh, Jack barely misses the chance to ask Obadiah about Robin. Which... Wait! <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, well, too late. Um, that would have been convenient. <laughs> and then Benjamin, after Obadiah departs, is worried because he's like, well, what if Ahab brings an army? Mm-hmm. Like, It'll take more than an army to stop me from doing the will of the Lord. That is not Elijah's voice, but it is a rad line. <laughs> And we cut to Ahab does have an army with him, essentially. Surely. Indeed. We can hear it in the soundscaping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Man, it's so cool what they're able to do with soundscaping. Like, just sound. The first note that I wrote for this scene is, What up, troubler of Israel? <laughs> That's what Ahab calls Elijah. Mm-hmm. He has fun names for Elijah in this scene. Tormentor um, of my soul. Right, yeah, I totally wrote that. <laughs> um... And uh, Elijah tells him to bring the priests to Mount Carmel. Bring the the 450 priests of Baal and also Jezebel's 400 priests of Asherah. Take take all those guys and bring them to Mount Carmel to meet me there. Ahab's like, but why? Yeah, why? (laughs) I'm the king, like, why? You (laughs) will do it. Oh boy. It's a good line delivery. I feel like I might cut it in. Oh yeah. And why should I do all those things for you, tormentor of my soul? You will do it. Come, Obadiah. We have work to do at the palace. And to that, the the king just kind of capitulates, you know, in, you know, trying to save face, but failing. And leaves to go get all those guys. 
And then we come to the caves where Obadiah is calling out for Amasiah, who has been deemed Robin's keeper. Right. And uh, explains, like, this is what's about to happen. Like, you know, Mount Carmel, Elijah, all this stuff. So, like, take everybody, like, be ready to go get out of here in case things go wrong. Because all of you are going to be in trouble if anything happens to me. Um, And Robin hears about Mount Carmel and she's like, oh, I feel like I know what's about to go down and I want to come too. And Obadiah is like, no, 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 go with them, make a new life for yourself, perhaps it will be better than the one you leave behind. And she's like, no, 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 you don't get it, like, the one that I leave behind is not, like, leave behindable, <laughs> essentially. In, in reference to the fact that, you know, it's not just that she's not from here, it's like, I'm not from this time either. Mm-hmm. She tries to explain this. I don't think Obadiah understands. No, not at all. But she does, like, put her foot down about coming with him and saying, like, I'll disguise myself. I don't care. I just, I am coming with you. Or without you. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, are you always so headstrong? Yeah, it gets me into trouble a like, lot. Okay, a little wonder about that. Um, <laughs> and so he, he agrees, and he's like, all right, then in that case, I have a plan. Cut back to Jack on Mount Carmel. He's standing on top of a cart trying to look for Robin. Mm-hmm and failing and ahab like chastises him about this get off that cart yeah you unruly child follower of that horrible prophet guy um speaking of where is he yeah speaking of that dude where's that elijah is this another one of his disappearing tricks it's no trick ahab oh, 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 oh i love dialogue like this that hints at a history that we only get to know about like through these hints it's designed to make you curious about the Bible, and it's cool. Yeah. You're like, what times did Elijah, like, get disappeared? This is interesting. When did he done disappear? When did he done disappear? Well, that we don't get to know about it in this episode. But uh, he's here now, and he's asking, all right, like, where are these priests that I asked you to bring? He's like, only the priests of Baal are here. The priests of the Asherah wouldn't come. Mm-hmm. And are the altars prepared, as I asked? Like, two identical altars. Yes, yes, they're ready. <laughs> In that case, it's time. Um, and so, you know, they sound the trumpets. And this is, like, just, like, a tiny side note. But, like, the way that they do trumpets in biblical dramatization sounds like modern instruments. And yes. they did not have trumpets like that back in that day. It sounds like... It sounds more, like, Eurocentric. Yeah, it's than... a European-style, like, brass instrument. Whereas, like, in that day and age and location, they would have had, like, a shofar. Yeah, horn. Mm-hmm. Or, like, an actual animal horn being blown, which makes a completely different sound than a brass instrument. Mm-hmm. Maybe worth cutting in? Yeah, if you can find a, mm-hmm. a comparison clip. this like european style fanfare which you know it, it is what it is it communicates effectively what is going on to the audience because we have a category for this yes. sound yes. so it is like all right a ceremony something important is being done and it is getting people's attention and now it is time to get the bulls bring forth the bulls and elijah says all right like you all choose whichever one of these two you want cut it into pieces put it on the altar do not light the altar, though, because you need to ask your God for fire. And whoever answers by fire is the God of Israel. This is such a rad story. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, something about Bible stories that you grow up with where you're like, yeah, yeah, this is how that story goes. But then sometimes if you sit with it, you're like, oh, man, this is so dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> also appreciate how the scene is censored 
because Jack's like, wait, are they gonna? Yeah, they're about to do what I think they're about to do. I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch. That's gross. Yeah, that, that's a good way to address the, the sacrifice of the animals, I feel. Mm-hmm. For our modern sensibilities. Yes, I don't want to see that. In the midst of this, Robin and Obadiah have arrived. Right, Robin is dressed as a beggar in the disguise. And then she sees Jack and she's like, oh my gosh, Jack. And Obadiah is like, no, do not run out to Jack. Like, be chill. But it's Jack. You gotta be so chill, Robin. <laughs> she's, because we know Robin is the queen of chill. Yeah. <laughs> now it is time, though, for chanting. Because uh, the priests are trying to call on Bale for fire. And uh, they're beating some drums and they're yelling and shouting and chanting. The Bible tells us they were doing a bunch of other stuff yeah. as well. That, yeah. you know, concerning things that you don't have to worry about in an audio drama for children. And Elijah's quips are fun because these are actually from the scripture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of like, oh, maybe your God is deep in thought. Maybe he's busy. Yeah, maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he's on a trip somewhere and, and he's he like far away. You. Yeah. I wonder, I've always wondered whether those quips were, like, cool of him to do, or whether that was actually really uncool. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in retrospect, though, like, to think about it, it probably served quite a purpose. Because the purpose of it probably was, like, as a witness to all the people watching and just showing them, like, these are the things that you have to worry about with an idol such as Baal. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, if you think that he's like this, then you have to worry about him being gone. Yeah. Or being sleepy or not paying attention to you, which are all not concerns with the actual god. Yeah. But of course, as he's saying all these things, goading them on, the drumming is getting louder and more intense and the shouting is increasing. Mm -hmm. It's not working, though. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Doesn't work. I think in the scripture this goes on, like, all day. Oh, yeah. But uh, we only have so long in an audio drama. So they give up. And they come to his altar instead. Yeah, now it's Elijah's turn. And, uh, yeah, I wrote down water boys, because it's time for Jack and uh, Benjamin to start pouring water over the whole altar, Mm -hmm. which they do three times. And Jack is like, but how will it catch fire? How indeed, Jack? How is it going to catch fire without any fire in the first place? Like, your your mind is in the wrong place about this. (laughs) And then they're asked to do it two more times, and each time Jack is like, again? again? But the water's already overflowing from the trench around the altar. Good way of doing some scenery description mm-hmm. in an audio setting. Yeah. And uh, then Elijah prays to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. And when I listened to this as a kid, I never made the connection between Israel being Jacob. You know, oh, Abraham, yeah. Isaac, and Jacob is the way that you always hear the phrase. But Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, it's like, oh, yeah. Makes sense. Same person. Same person. And, uh, yeah, he he calls on the Lord, essentially, like, hear me and show the people that you are turning their hearts back to you. And then comes the dramatic sound of thunder and rumbling. Rumbling. And, boy, I love this. All I could think during this where I was just like, this is so effective. It's so evocative to the imagination what this scene might look like. Mm -hmm. Tempted to cut it in. Ooh, yeah. Hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Look at the sky, Jack. Look. Get down, Benjamin. Get down. Yeah. Robin, come back. Get down. Hurry.
the scream too that sets everyone mm-hmm. off where you you realize like oh this is like one person looked up and saw the sky and lost their mind and then everybody else starts freaking out yeah boy boy great job we get our mid-episode break on this dramatic note mm-hmm. when we come back from the break robin has run straight up to jack in mm-hmm. the middle of fire coming down from the heavens mm-hmm and, uh, you know, see now, see who, who was the real god all along, and now it's time for the people to seize the priests of Baal. Notably, they say, you know, seize them. Yeah, which is <laughs> they, ironic, because later on... Yeah, they, they, they censor it now, but later on they do say, like, oh no, we killed these guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, don't let any of them get away. Uh, and Ahab comes over and is like, oh, wow, this is, like, so cool, Elijah. Like, now we should probably all go feast together and be friends, right? Right? But wrong. Elijah is like, nope, I am going somewhere else, and rain is coming, so be ready. Jack presents Robin to Elijah also and is like, can we come with you? But no, what, what Elijah is about to do, he needs to do alone with Benjamin. Alone with Benjamin. Alone, but also Benjamin can come. <laughs> That's fine. I thought this was really funny when Benjamin meets Robin, he flirts with her. I also made note of that. This is a thing in the Imagination Station. I don't it understand. It so is. It so is. Yeah, where the, um, the Imagination Station characters are just like, ah, oh, and also pretty girl. Oh, Beautiful, even in beggar's clothes. Wow. Obadiah invites the kids to come feast with the king. And we cut to that feast. Where the kids are super full and Robin is like, oh my gosh, pass more of that brown stuff. You mean the rabbit? And she's like, oh my gosh, I've been eating Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Boy, that that like made an impression on me as a kid where I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize rabbit was something you could eat. Oh. They were like my favorite animal when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, they kind of still are mm-hmm. in a way. It's interesting, side note, really, but um, I grew up in an area where, like, hunting is pretty normalized, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I was always aware that, like, game mm-hmm. could be eaten, even though my family didn't make a habit of eating it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was on my radar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those wouldn't have come as a great surprise to you. No. <laughs> and uh, there's there's chatter around the table, something about rain and, you know... At which point I realized that they're still on the mountain. Ah, uh, yes. I did not realize that at any point, but you are right. Um, they're on the mountain feasting, probably like in a tent. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, somebody's like, rain? Like, can this dude do two miracles in one day? And Ahab is the one who is like, yeah, nothing is impossible for God. It's like, Ahab, has he really had a change of heart in this moment? Or is he just kind of swayed by whatever the last cool thing he saw is? That's a good question. I don't remember his character enough. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling like it is the latter, that he's just kind of like, wow, what a cool thing God just did, more so than having an actual change of heart. But uh, then Benjamin comes back just to tell them, like, hey, Elijah says you gotta get down the mountain before the rain comes. He's like, what? I don't see any. And then thunder rolls. (laughs) And immediately like, okay, everybody to the animals. Let's all get going. Back to the Queen's Palace. Mm Mm-hmm. And Robin's worried about the fact that the queen is still there, like, um, that- That queen, though? That queen, though? That evil queen who wanted to kill me? Remember? Yeah, but, uh, they go anyway? 
And uh, so now we have uh, Ahab being yelled at by Jezebel. And I was like, this is like the epitome of this trope of like the bumbling idiot king and the queen who is like all evil and mad and whatever. And he's trying to explain to her like, oh, but but like it was, you know, the fire and the stuff that happened. And she's like, you let that dude kill 450 of my priests. And so Elijah had better die the same fate that they did. Mm-hmm. Die. <laughs> die. And she presents Ahab with an ultimatum of, oh, will you spend these days with the God of Israel or with me? <laughs> and, you know, as they're arguing and stuff, he's like, oh, please, not in front of the children. They've <laughs> <laughs> seen worse stuff today. I know, right? Also such a tropey line that was really funny. Um, but she's like, oh, the children. Oh, that reminds me about the children. And then she's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I seem to remember that I was, like, just about to execute one of them. So, like, now I'm going to see to it myself. Guard, give me your sword. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And she's like, my sweet little waif, you're mine now. Uh, and yeah, so they, they make the guards hold down Jack and Robin, and this queen comes at them with a sword. And that is the end of the Imagination Station adventure. Literally about to die. Yeah, literally about to die. I feel like it's a little bit similar to, like, in a dream, how, like, if you get into a bad enough situation, the dream is like, and now the scenario is done. Like, if you're falling and you get close to hitting the ground, you wake up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The adventure in the Imagination Station ends, and Wit and Tom have come into the room like, Jack, Robin, what are yeah, you like, doing what, in there? What the heck? And Jack and Robin are in quite a panic, being like, oh my gosh, like, oh, help, I don't want to die, like, please don't make me go to prison, I'm so sorry that we came in here, like, don't execute me for disobeying the keep outside. No executions, I couldn't take another one of those. Mm-hmm. I'll never do it again, and Jack is like, and I won't let her. <laughs> and Wit and Tom are just kind of bemused by this. <laughs> and Wit is like, well, like, just, just everybody just like calm down and why don't we all go downstairs and you can tell us what adventure you had and robin and jack both start talking over each other That's trying to tell their adventure mm-hmm. as tom and wit laugh ha 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 ah oh, that's the end um chris encourages children to go read this story for themselves i question um, that advice interesting choice interesting choice i don't know if i would recommend most of kings to children mm-hmm yeah. Uh, they, they give you just about the version that is appropriate for children. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? The scripture is out there, so go get it. <laughs> go get it if you want to. But, um, I mean, she points out one thing about it, which is that, like, these stories are about, like, God's justice against people who are against him mm-hmm. and stuff, which is cool. Yeah. Boy, that's kind of the end of the episode and the end of my thoughts about it unless there are some that you have we tried to look up discussion questions and it's not loading for us yeah if you had to write a discussion question for this two-parter what would you write i think the discussion question i would probably write would be about robin uh ignoring the sign mm, mm-hmm. like did robin do a bad thing <laughs> kind of question mm-hmm. i mean yeah robin did a bad thing sort of like an A plus B equals C question, mm-hmm. though. But that's that's often... The discussion questions have at least one of those. Okay, so that's the first discussion question. Second discussion question, I, if I was going to write one, I would say, like, um, did Jack do the right thing by following Robin in? That's, like, the follow-up. Or, like, the bullet point. Yeah, that's the bullet point. There mm-hmm. are better things he could have done. Yeah, he should have gone and gotten wit. Mm-hmm. 
But, I mean, he didn't really do anything, like, wrong-wrong. It was just more, like, poor decision-making. Mm-hmm. Maybe lacking in wisdom. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know exactly what question they would have asked, and I'm, I'm betting that they do ask. What? If you were in Robin's situation and an evil queen was telling you to bow down to an idol, would you do it? Oh. <laughs> or would you rather die, child? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, okay, that's a point for discussion. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that is a very interesting predicament to put someone of that age into. Yes. It's also interesting because there are some things that's like bowing down to an idol doesn't really mean much to somebody like from our cultural context. Right. And so there are some things that is just like, you know, like give this guy a high five in order to, you know, prove your loyalty to whatever. And it's like, well, I don't, I wouldn't feel that weird about like just giving somebody a high five or like, I don't know, you know what I mean? There's just like certain things that just don't carry weight for me personally. And I would like, well, I know in my heart what I believe and God knows what I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there are certain situations, this kind of comes down to also like the deception question, because this is a scenario in which bowing down to an idol would be deceptive. Right. Because you're like, I'm not actually committing to this thing. I'm just bowing down to save my own life. Mm-hmm. Or I'm just bowing down to win your trust. I feel like the example I always go to is hiding people during the Holocaust. Yeah, I know. That's I was thinking the same thing. Because it's like, well, there are times when deception is necessary and appropriate. And clearly Obadiah was deceiving Right? Yeah, he Jezebel. was deceiving Jezebel about this. Does that mean that he's bowed down to the Baals and Asherahs? I mean, it's entirely possible that he has. But at the same time... He is saving all of these believers in the caves, and that's something he would never have been able to do without bowing down to the Baals and Asherahs. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't actually participate in the rest of what their worship entails. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has to probably at least pay some kind of lip service. Right. And so it very much depends, because like in Robin's case, or say like in um, in Daniel with... Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it was was a witness. Yeah. And it was very important that they did not do that. But that's because they were public officials. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, that's what they were called to do in that moment. Yeah. I guess the answer is you got to be spirit-led in those moments. Yeah. In those moments when you are asked to bow down to an idol or die. (laughs) It also reminds me of a book that I had to read in college. I wish I could remember what it's called. Silence? In Japan? Yeah. Silence. Yeah. You also read it for the same history class, I'm mm-hmm. assuming. Yeah, that's. I was actually thinking about that as well. Where there were these, are they Franciscan? Jesuit? Jesuit. Uh, these Jesuit missionaries who come to Japan and are persecuted for their faith. Mm-hmm. And by the end, the person who is telling the story is like, and finally I did desecrate mm-hmm. the image of Christ that they wanted me to like step on, to trample on it. Right. Yeah, and he did it, and it's like, oh man, it's a really impactful book, but yeah, that's like in the climactic moment, he actually feels like he hears Jesus telling him, trample on me. It's to be trampled that I came mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. And it's like, oh dang, what a book. And yeah, it puts him so... into a position of authority where he's able to like do more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes so much humility also because he's then seen as the apostate, mm-hmm. which he isn't. Yeah. Yeah, man. Life is complicated. Yeah. Life is more than just do or do not bow down to the idol, I guess. Mm-hmm. Don't bow down to the idol in your heart, I think, is the concrete answer. Yeah. I also find it interesting, though, that this is something that the Imagination Station presented as a scenario for Robin to go through, because mm-hmm. 
Like, that whole thing is entirely fabricated. <laughs> like, I don't think there was any reason for her to have to bow down to the idols in order for them to figure stuff out no. about whether how, she was telling the truth. How interesting would it be if you were a kid and then you did bow down to the idol? Would you feel like you had sinned in real life somehow? Oh my god, That would be hard to grapple with. It's kind of like putting you in that situation of like, wow, now I know what I would do if I was ever in that situation for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Very interesting choice. I mean, the Imagination Station presents a lot of scenarios to children that they're probably never going to encounter in their right. real lives. Yeah. I think particularly of one with Jimmy later on. Mm -hmm. Him and his dad. Right. Yes. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. There's usually a third discussion question. What do you think it would be? Uh... Or I guess it's my turn to think of one. Yeah. Uh, they're usually, like, one of them that is, like, pretty straightforward with a follow-up. And then there's one that's, like, what what would you have done? And then the third one is usually something about, like, connecting it to your real life. Maybe, like, what signs have you seen from God in your life mm, that mm -hmm. are, like, the fire coming down right. from heaven? Elijah called down fire on Mount Carmel. When have you seen God call down fire in your <laughs> life? Metaphorically. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a good question. One that comes to mind is one I think I've talked about before, which mm. is back in college, my sophomore year, I didn't know if I'd be able to come back mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. Westmont, where we went to college. And we had a contingency plan, which was to spend a year at a different college mm -hmm. because we couldn't afford to go back and there was like student aid sort of like timing coming through right yeah we were waiting for student aid to come through um but it was delayed so we basically got moved to the waiting list mm, that's and, right yeah and there's because of like where the college is located there are rules about how many students are allowed to be on campus right so and you and I were supposed to be roommates that year. We were not roommates freshman year, mm -hmm. but you were supposed to be roommates. With you guys, you mm -hmm. and a friend and a mm -hmm. triple. Mm -hmm. And literally three days before the semester was supposed to start, we found out that I was basically accepted back into Westmont. Yeah. Like, we got the aid, uh -huh. we applied it, and then they had enough people studying abroad mm -hmm. that, that I was able to live on campus to and come, come back, back for that mm -hmm. semester. And by some miracle, the spot in the triple was still open. Uh-huh. So I also got to live with you and our other friend. Mm -hmm. And then I also got into every class I needed for that semester. Mm-hmm, mm hmm Yeah, that was cool. I think about that sometimes because I think about just how, like, how really, really stressful that situation was and yet how, like, unstressed both of us felt about it. Yeah. I mean, we were we were in separate states at the time, but mm -hmm. I just remember, like, some things are almost, like, too big to stress about. Yeah. There have been other things that have felt like that, too, where it's like, I feel like I should be stressed about this, mm -hmm. but it's, it's so much out of my own hands that all I can really do is trust God with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've had similar experiences. I mean, you and I also, like, with housing... Like, after college, I had mm -hmm. a similar experience of, like, where are we going to live? And then, you know, things lined up in a way that was very spirit-led. And that was really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we did it. We, we made our own discussion questions. <laughs> Homemade. Oh, 
homestyle homestyle discussion questions made with love audience do you have any homestyle questions that you want to ask or answer do you want to answer the homestyle questions we came up with you can either send us an email with your answers at podventuresandodyssey at gmail.com or post it publicly on our Reddit, r slash podventuresandodyssey. We hope that you enjoyed this two-parter. Join us next week for the episode That's Not Fair. Well, as always, thank you for joining us for this Podventure and Odyssey. We'll catch you later, Cat's Paws. Yeah. Homestyle mashed potato discussion questions. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what's a homestyle mashed potato? <laughs> homestyle french fries. Yeah. I think that's what it actually is. Yeah. Anything can be homestyle if you want it. To make it at home. If you want to make it at home. In the style of your home. <laughs> <laughs>